Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Paul, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride the hype train to into blah, 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 blah. <laughs> hey, it's... And take two. <laughs> hey, it's Paul, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride the hype train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First, we have... Mr. Fouts. What's going on, guys? And joining me like last week, we have Damian Nash. I thought we learned something about putting the derailers together. Now we've got fucking three of us? It's going to be good. I, I got Easy notes. on the language. I, I, it's <laughs> real early for a bleep, man. Come on. <laughs> We're like literally less than a minute into this, and I'm already bleeping things. He's a man on a mission. Cajun, man. I'm sorry. I have no control over what he says. <laughs> He's used to that by now, though. Alrighty. So, why don't we hop into. Oh, wait. No, let's do some Arizona missions first. Uh, do we have we any? We don't have any. We don't have any. All right, man. Either we're doing really well or just no one's calling us on anything. You know, either or. Yes. So, hey, either way, it's a win-win situation. It is. It's not me. It's not you. Last week it was me, but people haven't heard that yet. So. <laughs> All right. So let's hop into our queue. Uh, first up on the docket, we're looking at uh, Enter the Warrior's Gate. Who's talking about yes, that? It would be me. All right. Uh- so, Enter the Warrior's Gate. I, I was I was excited about this. I tried to talk about this back when it was going into theaters. It was at a short run in theaters. It was one of those ones that went into theaters at the same time as being an on-demand to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it is a – the director is Matthias Hone, but the writer it's – a, it, it's a Luke Besson uh, oh, okay. written film. Now, yeah, he may not have done well with the, you know, the sci-fi <laughs> – Larian in the city of a thousand. Pounds. I know. I was gonna go there because the his company actually is downsizing because of the oh. major hundred thirty over one hundred thirty five million dollar loss. That's really um, sad. He's just never gonna be able to get the Fifth Element again. No. Well, that was not good at first, anyways, and then it came back as a cult classic, if I remember right. See, I liked it from the very beginning. I, oh, I did too. But yes, yes, you're you're right. It what it it. It was a cult classic is what actually made him. So, but so this film, uh, it takes place in both modern time and in a fantasy medieval slash uh, uh, like ancient China and Japan. Like it's like a mixture of everything. Right. Okay. Uh, you got char- you got characters, some characters that represent like the cons and things like that. Um, but it's a very high fantasy. It's very, very much like. It's it's all the 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 stunts and stuff that in it are very much, it's like that over exaggerated, uh, a lot of cable work and stuff like that. Oh, nice! Why are foo? Yes, but the the scenery in this is amazing. Uh, it was one of the things. That, now I'm going to talk about the stars for it. First off, Dave Batista is the main villain in this. He's the main bad, and he's got it, it's it's not. Too, it's it's not a shy, it does not shy away from from uh, having some gore in it. Okay. However, it is it is a kind of like a action comedy. Um, now it's 
but it's it's rated PG thirteen. The the film, if any of you guys have seen, I believe it was called the, uh, not the Lost Kingdom, but it was called the uh, the Forbidden Kingdom. The Forbidden Kingdom, yes. If you saw the Forbidden Kingdom, and you know how that kind of went, this is like this almost could be like a spiritual successor to the Forbidden Kingdom. Okay. Huh. And. Like some some people, that's actually one of the complaints. For some people, actually said, "Hey, you know, I've seen this. I've seen the Forbidden Kingdom. That's not what this is." It and, the, and what's cool about it is it starts off based off of this guy that's called the Black Knight. He's a black. He that's his character name in an MMO that he plays, and it starts off with the graphics. And they have a they have an interesting little thing that they take from this. Now, some of the CG, there's certain scenes that the CG is really good. There's other scenes where it looks like a video game. Well, the reason for that is, is that because technically the world that he's in is kind of supposed to be in comparison to the fact that he was found by this wizard, this time traveling wizard uh, that plays. Yeah, it it works. Trust me. It it sounds weird, but it works with the story. Uh, There's this time traveling wizard that, that, finds him and he finds him through seeing the black knight fighting in a video game uh-huh. so he thinks this is the guy i'm gonna get little do they know that it's a teenager from high school <laughs> is, is so it's kind of like like last starfighter meets uh forbidden, forbidden kingdom, kingdom. Yeah, exactly that sounds awful <laughs> it it sounds okay it, you can say it sounds awful but the thing is is i i laughed out loud while i watched this film i smiled a lot and the again, the cinematography was amazing. The characters are all believable. Batista is actually the Dave Batista is actually the weak point of the film. But he's I still I still like his character, but he is the weak point of it. But was this like at the start of his uh, acting career? This isn't. No, this is sometime after th- this was filmed. That this you know they put it out later, but I mean this was. Uh, this is after the Guardians one. Oh, oh shit! Okay, yeah, because uh, I mean, this is, yeah, because this is actually uh, this re- came out in twenty and this came out in twenty sixteen, um, but it was actually, or it was filmed in twenty sixteen. It came out in uh, May fifth of twenty seventeen in the U.S. Okay, it did decent overseas. Uh, not so much here on IMDb. It's scored in like a five point three out of ten. But the thing is, is I enjoyed it. Is it is it an eight? Is it a nine? Is it a ten? Hell no. Um, I wouldn't rate. I, I wouldn't rate it a seven. I'd say it's a six. There was. I did no like. It's it's streaming right now on Netflix. At no time did I feel like I was forcing myself to watch it. I actually wanted to complete it from start to finish, and then I actually watched it a second time with my son, who is all into like anime and all that stuff, and he got he really enjoyed it too. So it's it's a film that you can, despite the death and things that go on in the film, the humor and everything else that's in there that's well placed actually makes it something that you can watch with the family. Cool, Mr. Fouts, you wanted to say something? So this is animated, you said? No, this is not. This is all live action. Okay, but it's about a kid who gets transported back in time in medieval times, right? Yes. So like feudal basically you're saying it's a kid in King Arthur's Court from 1995, which also had a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. That, no. Oh, man, that was a hard movie to watch even as a kid. It was. It was. And Daniel Craig's he did, in it. He, yeah, and he did, he did much better. Uh, the, the actor did much better in uh, American Pie. 
Oh yeah, I liked him in Rookie of the Year personally. Uh, Rookie of the Year was a great. That that's a classic. You got you know. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the sequel where he's the coach. When I was a kid, I ordered Rookie of the Year so many times on pay per view. My parents like took the cable box out of my room. <laughs> I ordered it. Hey, at, a least, lot. at least it was that. You could have been ordered it something else. You know. I was always too afraid. <laughs> the thought crossed my mind many a time, but I was like, no, nah, I got busted for uh, Rookie of the Year. I'm definitely going to get busted for uh, Nookie of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Thank well you. Played. Thank you. <laughs> uh, now, coming up next, you got something to talk about. I do. Uh, so I'm still watching American Horror Story Cult. I'm still putting myself through it. And you know what? It finally paid off. I, what did I tell you last week? I told you last week this is going to be one of those things where it's like it's stringing you along and you're talking all this crap, and eventually you're going to be like, oh, my God, I get it. Yeah, because they, it's like they had a direct line into my complaints. They addressed, like, all of them in one episode, so I kind of think I'm being watched. Uh, no, I, I went ahead and notified the producers and the actors and told them they had to change it just so that way that you would feel better about the show. Uh, Fouts, you I, are... Don't worry. I hooked hero, you up dude. for that. You're my hero because this newest episode was incredible. Like, it focused on all these ancillary characters. <clears throat> so, like, Evan Peters' Kai, uh, Billy Eichner's Harrison, uh, Billy Lord's Winter. I called her Willow, uh, I think, in either the last episode or the episode before that. So there's an error. And an omission. It's Winter, not Willow. You're thinking Buffy and the Vampire Slayer. Probably. Probably. Uh, so it's, it actually shows us getting recruited into the cult. So it shows how Evan Peters, who does an amazing job, is manipulating them and finding them at their worst and using that to build them up. And like, if you're like me and you've watched plenty of true crime stuff about cults and David Koresh and all those dudes. That's how they do it. You know, I just, I just realized you're watching a TV series based on how I found people to create a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Finding them at their worst and then offering them something better. Oh man. But Brandon and I should show, (laughs) but, but the thing is, is that Brandon and I were both in the same boat. We were both at our worst. All right. Continuing on. (laughs) So anyway, uh, it's a great episode. I I give it like a 9 out of 10 for the episode being called 10-9. It focuses all within uh, a day and a half of the election. And then it shows one of the characters that we briefly see early on. She gets more developed now, Beverly Hope. And her character is pretty cool. And a couple episodes ago, I was talking about like, why would they hire Winter to be their, you know, their live-in nanny? Now, with this episode, we see why. Because Winter and Allison Pill's character interacted previously when she came, when Winter came to Allison Pill's aid at an uh, election rally. So it kind of paid that off. And it also makes me think that Allison Pill's character is in the cult as well. Uh, I thought you were going to say, like, you know, you know, the daddy's with the nanny or something like that. And the creeper. And nope. That's how the baby clowns are made. No, no. Not yet. <laughs> we don't see the baby clowns being made yet. Okay. So yeah, that was uh that was how I felt watching American Horror Story Cult. It finally paid off. And now I'm actually looking forward to next week's episode. That's awesome. I mean I, I love when a TV show show can do that. 
I actually have a, a movie on here that we'll get to a little later that actually, in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> that is such a like a gut reflex for me, man. I hear in the end, and it's just like that's what comes out of me. Good for them. Other, yeah, I was gonna say other things could be coming out. That's not. That's a good thing. Right. Right. It could be going in the end. Now, oh, fuck. So <laughs> you. So you watched you you watched something that I was actually curious about. I've seen enough of the pilots for this, or not mm-hmm. pilots, but advertisements for this, mm-hmm. that I actually was curious. Now this is this is done by the same people behind Blackish, correct? I believe so. Uh I know it's ABC Studios, so in that yeah. regard, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh and what we what we talking about? We're talking about <clears throat> the mayor. It's a new show on ABC. And it's about a character, Courtney Rose, who's an aspiring rapper, and he decides he's going to run for mayor of his town, uh, kind of on a whim, and kind of also to promote his album. <clears throat> and he ends up going to the mayoral debate before the election, and kind of calls David Spade's character out on some stuff, being like, oh, you know, it takes us forever to get something simple done. And to his surprise, he ends up winning the election. He loved by like it's a fifty-two percent vote, you know, and so yeah, the first episode deals with him trying to fulfill the promise that got him elected, which was cleaning up this commons area, and kind of focusing on how he feels about being elected mayor. There's a pretty funny moment where he he realizes it and he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna go down to city hall and I'm gonna tell him a hard pass," you know, and the characters in it are. They're funny. You know, we've seen them in their characters we've seen before, the goofy friends. Yeah, yeah. The same same character same style characters mm-hmm. from other other series. But they're but done well. What I, looked at, I was gonna say, it looks like it works well for what this is. The chemistry is nice. That's that's actually what's really good about it. And sitcoms are kinda like a four letter word, but I still really love them. And when the chemistry's good, it really sells the show. And the show uh playing Courtney Rose, the character his mom is Yvette Nicole Smith, who played Shirley on Community. And she's just a doll. Like, she's just so fantastic. And she's playing a really great maternal character in this one. Very strong, very funny, and very much uh, someone that is going to be, like, a good influence, I think, on people as well as they watch the show. See, that's that's really cool. Now, I've also heard comparisons already to this show and the Fresh... Like, this is, this is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air becomes Mare. Mm, I mean, I guess like some people could say that, but I really think that's, that's a pretty general description and not entirely accurate because this isn't about learning to adapt to a new family and a new surrounding. uh, I mean, it's still a fish out of water story. I don't know. I guess I'll have to see as it progresses more of it, if it has more of that fresh Prince quality. Okay. And then uh, one of the things now jumping in fr- from that, I was going to go into something that it's taken me five times to watch. Now, this is where someone says if five times, if you've fallen asleep, if you haven't been able to get through it for whatever reason, you stop. But you know what? Because I messed up on his name, I feel like I had to give Michael Fassbender a opportunity to redeem himself. Who is that? Michael Fassbender. Hey. Michael Fassbender. Master, Michael Fassbender. 
I practice. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about Assassin's Creed. Now, I'm hyped about the game that's coming out. I'm hyped. You know, I've been actually going back and playing Unity and all these other stuff with my with my kids here and there. But the thing is, is that it's, it's, it has taken me a lot to get through this movie. Once I actually got through it, I enjoy found that I actually enjoyed it. But it's one of the factors that it has into it is a lot of people are going into this film thinking that they're, you know, it's not a reading movie. Uh, but every every time that they go back in time they're speaking they they are speaking in the native tongue mm-hmm. and it's not and it's not english so people that turned a lot of people off jeff wouldn't the, watch it because i'm sure jeff wouldn't watch it because of the subtitles and and the thing is and being a movie that's so high in action you want to be able to see the action you know mm-hmm. so you have to i've now since watched it twice because of that so it's like okay i know what's being said i'm just going to watch the action now okay um uh, after seeing it, I see how they were going about setting up a whole universe to be able to go off and be, really, really expand on it. And I'm sad that they didn't get the opportunity to do that because, yeah, again, took me five times to watch it. If I'm not, and I'm not the average person, so like the average person, the minute the first time they're bored, they're not going to watch it. Yeah. However, if you got t- if you got time. <laughs> Hello, Fouts is just shaking time, his head. If, if you got time, if you got time, it's worth. It's don't watch worth, it. It's worth giving it a shot. But it's if you don't really have not. if you don't have anything else to watch, anything is better. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it, aside, to include paint drying. Ooh. I remember when the trailers for Assassin's Creed came out. I had high hopes for it. I thought. Oh yeah, so like, I. I thought it looked yeah. really good, and I mean, <clears throat> Michael Fassbender's a good actor. I cannot remember the director's name, but he did that Macbeth uh, adaptation that yeah. just like did a ama- that just critics loved and it's supposed to be incredible. And it's the same cast, like it's Michael Fassbender yep. again, <clears throat> yep. you know. So he's worked with him before, and it looked you know stylized <laughs> and cool. And they had great actors in it. That's the whole thing. Like that, they had the power. They had power hitting actors. The story like, is the problem. The story, but the. But the problem the is, is that the, the story still follows a lot of the Desmond storyline. And that's where, once they started going with it, I started realizing the storyline they're going with. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, it was my least favorite part of Assassin's Creed games. But I I kind of got with it. And I was like, okay, now I kind of get it. I, I see where they're going. And that's where they got the hook in me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when no. it was... Okay. Never played the Assassin's Creed video game. Ever. Just imagine you've never played it. How would you rate this movie? Three. Three out of ten. Ooh. So, so your approval of it and wanting to watch it five times is because of your love for the game, not because of the movie. It's love of the game and, and enjoying the actor. Okay. That, that, yeah, that, that, that's it. Yeah, had I not known anything about, about the game and the story or anything... Yeah, I yeah this I would hate it. it it's funny. Uh, I was watching, I was looking at trailers earlier today, and I watched the Tomb Raider trailer. And oh Jesus, let's not talk about that. No, I just want to say something really quick. Like, I feel like Tomb Raider and Assassin's Creed have this similar thing in where they're really popular video games, and the reason they're popular video games is because it feels like you're playing an action movie and you're the one actually doing this stuff. And the problem with these kinds of movies is that 
It's just a generic action movie. The thing that makes it fun is your interaction, your part with it, you know? Although Angelina Jolie's two murder films, I enjoyed. I never got past the shower scene in the first one. Who would? Well, that's fine. You got stuck on something that was okay. But but that's like five minutes into the movie. If you finish after five minutes, you finish after five minutes, man. Don't worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) It served its purpose. All right, fine. It's like the showgirls of uh, video game movies for me then. (laughs) It served served its purpose. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the Leisure Suit Larry video game movie adaptation. Don't say that. Do not say that. I I would love that. I love that game. And you know who would play? You know who would be good to play Leisure Suit Larry? Like, okay. It would be, uh, oh, God. Now you can't think of his name. Googly eyes, googly eyes. Steve Buscemi. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. Steve Buscemi yeah, would be that's who awesome. I was thinking too. Yeah. He would be a great leisure suit Larry. He just, you see him in the leisure suit. He's just sit back there. Like, you know, it's- just doing all those really cheesy, corny pickup lines. It's, I mean, could they do uh, the magna cum laude one when he goes back to college? Oh my God. What he's like, <laughs> oh, but that, that, but that wasn't him. That was his son. That was his Oh, nephew. that's right. It's his nephew. Come on. Yeah. I know these games. I know these games. That was the only one I ever played that. was uh, Magna Cum Laude. And I remember getting. Oh, no. Love for sale. When he goes on, when he gets burned down and he winds up having to go on a cruise ship and it winds <laughs> up. Yeah. The, the cruise ship would be incredible. Steve Buscemi running around doing, you know, talking to like. Yeah. Anyway, I would watch that. Sorry. I kind of derailed us there for a second. It's OK. My bad. Now, Brandon, you you uh you've been catching up on uh, Narco season three, correct? Yes. How is it? Because you know that uh, uh, they were in the news that one of their that was scouting scouts, for season yeah. four got got killed. Right. So, so I'm more excited. I loved season one and two. Okay. Because it covered Pablo Escobar yeah. over two seasons. One guy, two seasons. Yeah. This season covers the Cali cartel. Four guys. Mm. Just way too so much they cover, in there. They rushed it, I felt. Now, don't get me wrong. I liked this, this the uh, season. I thought it was a good season. I thought it was a good story. I just think that they could have done more with it if they would have extended another season like they did with the Pablo story and had it go uh, two season longs for the Cali cartel. I mean, hell, there's four of them versus just one individual. How how long? Uh, I mean, how much how much reading are you doing in these in in these? Ninety uh, percent. Okay, that's what I thought. I mean, because every 90, 90, 90 to ninety nine percent of every episode is in um, Spanish. Yes, thank you. And then next season, I mean, they've set it completely up, and we know they're making a fourth one because of the individual scouting for season four locations died, but they set it completely up for the Mexican cartels rather than the Colombian cartels. Ooh, okay. Okay. But uh season three uh, season one and two I'd give it a solid seven to really high seven to a very low nine. Um season three I'm probably gonna stay a seven and not higher just because I felt they rushed. Like too many storylines, too many villains, you know, just too much for Well I mean it, it was especially after watching season one and two, mm-hmm. it was nice episodes you got a lot of information, but not too much. That time to work things out, explain this, explain that, go from here, go from there, and not do it in ten episodes. 
you know, or eight. I can't even remember how many it was. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, but with with the start of the season, it was just you start and you're done. That's it. Hmm. Hmm. I watched, I think, the first episode of the first season, and I enjoyed it. And I meant to go back to it, but I just never did. I, I honestly, I would recommend it. Okay. I would definitely go back and read it, or read. Well, yet, yet, technically, <laughs> reading it is true because of the way it's filmed. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely recommend it because I just. The scene that really stuck with me still, even though I only saw it once, one time, a couple years ago, the truck scene, where he stops the truck and he's like, open up the back and he's getting all the information and he's telling these drivers and these uh, police members all the information he knows about them. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And like I said, it's still stuck oh, with yeah. me all this time. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. But yeah, that that's what the only thing I've been watching. Um, I've been stuck in Destiny Land, so <laughs> Destiny Land. Yes, I'll get to join you guys uh, soon. Well, in spirit. Yeah, in spirit, Mister PlayStation Four. I am a loyal Sony supporter. I have my PS2 hooked up. I got a hard reset on my PS3. I just need to go get myself a new wireless controller for it. Got my PS4. I just need my original PlayStation, but it's gone forever. So when, when, your PSP and PSP? And when are you uh, coming to Xbox One? That's handheld. Uh, eventually, you know, because I haven't. Ah, see, see. I have an Xbox in my room, an original Xbox. It's my DVD player in there. Okay, okay. <laughs> I also have San Andreas for it, though, so I play that on there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> victory. So that's going to do it for in our queue. Uh, let's go ahead and head into the hype train. All right, we're going to hop on into this hype train now. So, uh, why don't we start out just by talking about this uh, new trailer for the new Alex Garland film, Annihilation. This took me off guard. Like, I heard Annihilation, and then when I'm seeing, when I start looking at the looking at the, the film, so I see all this plant life kind of things, weird things going on. Mm-hmm. It's like plant zombies and... Plants versus yeah. zombies. I I instantly cut, first first took me and I started thinking like is this some type of weird sequel to the ruins and but I mean it looks I I was trying to sit back and think if I'm looking at some like you know like like a Sundance film or if I'm watching an action film mm-hmm. it because it's it's again I say it's a lot lately but it, it's very pretty and it's pretty in a grotesque way. Um. The, the bodies and stuff, when they come across bodies that have been, you know, been transformed, annihilated, whatever, into this plant-like stuff, it's really nasty looking, but it's so pretty, too, because you see all the plow- flowers and stuff like that. Like, it's it's a weird feeling, emotional feeling that the trailer made me have. Mm-hmm. Like, grossed out at the same time as, like, excited. Oh, that's... <laughs> Kinky. Kinky. Mm-hmm. Every other Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Fouts, what do you want to say about Annihilation? I'm very, very intrigued. Um, I had heard nothing about it, and it actually randomly popped up as a precursor to a YouTube video that I was watching. Mm-hmm. And when when I seen it, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, hang on. I gotta go look at the full trailer. And so I go to IMDb, I look it up, and I'm like, holy crap, this looks amazing. Um, the, what, what it basically is, it seems like to me, is an alien life form or creature or some type of substance is come to Earth and they're sending people into it to try and figure out what it is 
And once they go into it, they start becoming bio, uh, like almost like plant life, organic, mixed into their own DNA. So they start becoming plant people. Okay. And you can see where some of the um, characters in the movie and stuff have, like, starting to have uh, greenery and foliage and stuff coming off of their own bodies and things like that. And to me, that, I don't know, it just looks really sci-fi. Um, oh, what's your name? Um, Natalie Portman. Thank you, Natalie Portman. So far, just from what I tra- the trailer, seems like she is really into the role as well. She doesn't that like half-ass the- anything, though, so that doesn't surprise me. No, she doesn't. <clears throat> now... I one thing first thing I thought when I saw the plant people is I'm like is is this the backstory to Guild Wars is this the Silvari? <laughs> that would be interesting, but no, I don't think it's anywhere close to that. <laughs> Definitely not. I, I mean, it's they nice. They show to dream. a quick scene. They they well, it's because they show a quick scene, and you have to pause it on it to be able to see it because they made sure not to show a lot of the actual actual faces. But the, you see a quick scene if you pause it, you can see like this zombie plant. You know, creature. This is how Groot was born. Oh, okay. This is the this is the spore. I of the figured planet. it out. This is how Groots I are made. Figured it out, guys. Guys, you're both wrong. It's the Spore film. You remember no, Spore? No, no, remember no. Spore? Yeah, this is, I remember Spore. Yeah. This this is the movie adaptation of Spore. Uh, the best person explaining Spore was Robin Williams. Watching his gate when he was he was in the studio when they were shown in the audience and. Just happened to be in there, and they hop had him hop up on stage. To they like, oh well, Robin Williams gonna give it. So Robin Williams explained the game totally improv, and that was the best way to make Spore something I was interested. In. Very nice. I was just really into The Sims at the time, so I was like, Maxis, they rock. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to seeing something else from Alex Garland. Uh, like I said, I I don't think I've ever seen anything that he's done that I've been like, oh, I don't like that. I really, you know, he wrote the script for 28 Days Later, which is a great oh, script. It is great. It is great. Uh, he wrote the script for Dread. You know, he did Ex Machina as writer and director. I love Ex Machina. You know, so it just, it just makes sense because uh, he fits in well with the world of both dystopian future and kind of apocalyptic future. Uh, this actually shares a lot of the same actors uh, from Ex Machina. Oh, does it? I saw, yeah. I mean, I saw Oscar Isaacs. There's a couple other that I saw in there I recognize. Okay. And it, it and, there, and there wasn't very many actors in Ex Machina. Right? No, there really wasn't. <laughs> there really wasn't. But that was a good movie. And I'm hoping he that is. this one is is going to be good too. You know, he's he's a like I say, he's a really talented writer and director and he's clearly got a really great visual style cuz that's something that we've all kind of harped on in this is just how much just how beautiful it is to look at and just the imagery that he's showing us, you know, Oh yeah, it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> that sums that up. It's dope. All right. The next up we got, I mean, there's a couple things. Fox is really taking a kind of taking a, a jab at some stuff here. It seems um, that they're going with, with, they're trying to go like I feel like they're trying to they're grasping at like Wonder Woman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going for the female led led roles. One of which is a proposed pilot for a Nice Guys series, like the Russell Crowe Ryan Gosling Nice Guys. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, basically, it's uh, 
uh, it's a gender-swapped lead for the Fox Network, working on TV series adaptation, Shane Black's 2016 noir comedy, The Nice Guys. But this one will just have female leads. And that's basically all they got out right now for it. And But, you know, I think I feel like if they get the right actresses, I feel like it could work. But, like... You gotta be you gotta be careful here because like the like the actual film was pretty dark and a lot a lot of the, the parts of it with some good comedy in place. How are you gonna? I mean, I it you gotta you got, there's only certain actresses that have they're gonna have that that pull that are gonna be able to emulate that and it's just it's gonna be all in casting on this whether or not it's going to be good or not. Well, the problem was nobody saw the nice guys. The movie didn't make any money. It like critics there's, loved there's it and people who watched it really enjoyed it, but it didn't make any money. So what the hell is Fox thinking? Like there was a movie named The Nice Guys, exactly. And it's you know Shane Black, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Lethal Weapon, Last Action Hero, Predator, Predator, e- Easy Killer. Calm down. Easy. And, and he was he's got he was just in Predator and supposedly did rewrites. <laughs> Yeah, but also he is directing the, the new one. Sequel. Yes, yes. So yeah, Shane Black's awesome. Uh, it's yeah. just that like he. Oh, and then Iron Man three, duh. You know, but the thing is, he. I don't know, man. His movies don't make a lot of money, so I just don't understand why Fox thinks that a female, a gender swapped version of a movie that critics liked but nobody saw is going to be a success. Are they hoping that it's going to be like a lethal weapon thing, like catching lightning in a bottle? Because supposedly lethal weapon is really good. Lethal weapon Weapon series is great. That's what I'm hearing. Supposedly it's really good. So it's like Shane Black stuff is, you know, it's like it translated once to the small screen. Maybe we can translate it again. I think that's probably what it is. Now, now this is something that, you know, uh, this is going to be interesting. Okay. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. The other thing that Fox is working on right now. A female-led reboot of the iconic 1970s series Kung Fu. We're not talking Kung Fu Legend Continues. We're talking Kung Fu with <laughs> the projects now scored a pilot order. Uh, it's a new take uh, that follows the adventures of Lucy Chang, a Buddhist monk and Kung Fu master who travels through 1950s America armed only with her spiritual training and her martial arts skills. She searches for the man who stole her child years before. It's it's the same story, kind of, pretty much. This is horrible. This sounds so dumb. What the I know. F- this, this is horrible. Fast going to bleep me. What the f*** are they thinking? Who is this? I no, don't know. No, no. Fast needs to f- stop. Not Fast. Fox needs to f- stop. I'm even going to say it. See, it's got me so messed up. That, no, this is wrong. Like, I, 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 I like I I love kung fu. Like I love the the, the original the, the movie the original movie. His son was played by Brandon Lee. I mean, it, it's great, you know. But and then I like kung fu. The legend continues until they went all like mystical magic and all that stuff and went to fighting demons. That got weird. That was like Baywatch uh, Baywatch Nights when they started fighting <laughs> werewolves and shit. Well, but because it's, it's sold, man. They that's yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's just like, ugh. but like through, um, but like traveling through 1950s America, so it's just like, are, like what are we? We're we just gonna watch her beat up like good old boys and like small town bigots. Like, is that what is that what I'm gonna watch? Because I'm not get over it. here, macaroni ears. I'm gonna box your ears. <laughs> I, I mean, like I'm all for I'm all for strong female led adaptations. I am, too. but I feel like this is I feel like this is grasping at straws, and I feel like this is. Not, 
I, I don't, I feel bad for an actress that's got, that's, that's put into a, a position like this, that it's such an uphill battle because it doesn't seem like the story can be written strong enough to capture viewers of today's day and age to be able to really show her strengths and stuff like that. So that's, that's where like, I don't even know who's going to be playing the character, but I just, I feel bad because anytime I see something like this, I, 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 you know, I'm rooting for him, but this just seems like something that's going to be a one and done. Young ladies uh, that are applying to play this position. Please don't. I know you may just be hard up. You want to get that first role done and in there and out. Please don't. This will ruin any type of career you will ever have. Don't do it. I agree. No. I agree. Do not do it. I mean, because like, it's it, you're, if you're still going to call it Kung Fu, why are you going to do it in America? We don't have like a friggin' Kung Fu culture. That's an Eastern thing. So it w- well, Kung Fu came to America. That was the whole story in the original. Yeah. Not in the fifties. <laughs> it was in the seventies. Yeah, but not exactly. Like, we're gonna, not in the fifties. I don't really want to watch a TV show. Well, where the, they're just the, like, but the original Kung Fu, the original Kung Fu actually took place before that. He came back to the Western, you know, cowboys and stuff. And then the Kung Fu legend continues was the descendant of that. It just happened to have the same thing happen to his son when he sent his son away to America and had to go back. Well, it sounds like somebody needs to keep better track of their kids. Yeah. It takes a village, needed, you know. He needed, needed a low jack that kid. Right? It just, it doesn't make sense. I, this is Fox just trying. Like, and it's not even like good trying. Grasping. It's like, hey, let's take a handful of wet spaghetti, throw it at the wall, and maybe we'll see the f- Mary does that look like, or something. Does that does those noodles look like it says kung fu? <laughs> Why don't we do that? Yeah, perfect. Hey, do you, wait, wait. Do you, these ones over here say fifty. Kung I, fu I, in the fifties. Yes, I got him. Are you trying? Are you trying to say that this is like an Italian soothsayer? Seer, soothsayer. Uh, sure. I'm just saying it's also like the people who see Jesus in toast. You know. <laughs> I only see Elvis. Well, because he's the only true king. That's right. Like king of kings. Well, speaking, like speak, a, speak, like speak, speaking, okay. They, speaking oh, of king. Oh, oh, man, I'm let's pretty. Let's jump into Stephen King's It. We talked about this last week. I Paul, saw we it. Talked about and this. I saw it. You saw it, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, I mean, it was great, right? You see what I was talking about. It was very enjoyable. Faust. So, um, my movie theater in the middle of nowhere is getting the movie Halloween weekend. So, yeah, I'm going to oh, see. Okay. Yeah, because I. They only have one screen, literally one screen yeah. for the entire theater. But so we're getting it Halloween weekend, and I'm sitting there talking with the owners of the movie theater, who are pretty good friends of mine because I'm always helping them out. They're always helping me out and things like that. We're talking about getting red balloons and lining the street. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, please. I, I'm being dead serious. And they, the owners are like, no, we probably better not do that. I said, no, you have to do that. Now. It's Halloween. You've weekend. told me about it. It has to be. Oh my god, that would be terrifying. Yeah. Faust, you should be you should be the clown. No, he I've wants to watch the movie. <laughs> oh. oh no, that's just it. See, if I dress as a clown, I hide up in the balcony and come off the top of the balcony and then start walking up the aisle behind it. Just beep beep. <laughs> beep beep, Richie. <laughs> oh, don't ever do that again. <laughs> don't do I'm not even afraid of clowns. Like, I'm not even afraid of clowns. It was just like creepy <laughs> laughter, man. 
So Goddamn what we're getting at right now is, uh, so major stir up right now in the, for horror fans with its success, its success right now is I mean that's almost an understatement with yeah. how well this film's doing. Uh, it just surpassed five hundred million. Holy crap! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it has done amazing. So with that. First up, we're going to keep with the King stuff. Stephen King's now The Stand is being looked at to be brought back as a reboot for an extended TV series, which is hoping to get with Showtime. I would hope so with Showtime because Showtime picks it up. It can be as dark as they want. Yeah. But also CBS All Access is looking to pick it up. Being CBS All Access, being it's the streaming service, they would be able to go dark as well. I want Showtime. I have I have access to Showtime. Yeah. And and Showtime would be darker. So I'm hoping that if someone picks it up, it's gonna be Showtime. But something else that I'm excited about is Salem's Lot, which was a really, really dark book, really creepy as hell. And back in the day the miniseries scared me to all it, it terrified me. I mean, it, the the vampire and everything, just the way that they designed it and everything just was was creepy. But Salem Lot is looking at being developed as a feature now, which more than likely is going to happen. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that this does. But furthermore, people that have been waiting for a Friday the 13th have been waiting for a new, uh, a new uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You guys might not have to wait very long, much longer because the studios that had the rights to these films are losing their, are, are losing their licenses on it. And it's going to be going back to New Line Cinemas and Warner Brothers. Guess what? Warner Brothers and New Line Cinemas are behind it. Mm-hmm. So we're talking. We're gonna get. We're gonna get more Jason. Finally, uh, we're gonna get more. Like we're gonna get. So we get the Jason. We're gonna get the Freddy Krueger, and hopefully, hopefully, we get the sequel to. Jason versus Freddy. No, don't ever put the word hopefully in front of that. Unless it's unless it's Ash versus Freddy versus Jason, I don't want to hear it. That would have been that would have been it's amazing. It's never going to happen. And they do they do, but they have the rights to Ash and so if they have if they get all this back, they could do that. Uh Lionsgate has the rights to Ash. Lionsgate's owned by Warner Brothers. Is it? Jesus, man, they own everything. If I remember correctly. Well, so no. this this right here is just Damian Nash putting on the Care Bear stare again. No, it's not. I'm not putting on the Care Bear stare again. Freddy versus Jason, really? Come on. Hey, hey, I love Freddy, I love versus, Freddy Jason. versus Jason as well because it's really ridiculous and it it, it like, is. It's totally, campy as hell, but it's totally great. it's so weird. Like you got Ronnie I mean, Yu, you know, doing wire foo with Jason and Freddy. Come on, it's ridiculous and dumb. But it's it's like the third best uh, Freddy movie. No, yeah, let's see, uh, one. A uh, new nightmare. Three. Okay, it's the fourth best in my opinion. Like it's the fourth yeah, best I, Freddy movie, and then like the, the second, the, the, third the, best Jason. The go the the back between like the the going back and forth between Jason and Freddy, and the fact that Jason doesn't talk, so Freddy has to give all the he's given all the dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's what made it good, you know. Robert England, you know, did an excellent job. That's at that. the thing, though. He's retired from the role of Freddy, and 
It's he's got someone in mind who he wants to pick up the role though. Who? Um, I'd actually have to look it up, but it's it, when I heard about who he's interested in taking it, I want them to do it now, and I can't think of who else. Crispin Glover would do a good Freddy. Yeah, Crispin Glover's excellent. Like, like he would make an excellent. He's a great character actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. He wants Kevin Bacon to take on Freddy Krueger. Huh. But if you look at the sunken in face and stuff like that, he, you know, Kevin Bacon and and uh, this was actually was mentioned in an interview uh, that's less than twenty four hours old. I mean, that would be cool. I mean, I like Kevin Bacon. I liked the following. I'm one of those people. You know, and so did Robert England, and that's where this all comes from. Is that he's like, you know, he he's he would like to see him as it, and and you know what? There, there's already been someone that's put out fan fanfic, mm-hmm. you know, imaging of it, and he looks good. He looks he looks good in it. So I could totally see him if he gets on board with it. You know, with with him getting his head out of his ass and saying, "Okay, I can do horror again," because he made so much fun of Tremors and said he hated it, it was the lowest part of his career. And then but after he's coming it came back, back to the, do the TV series after after it came back as a you know because it had its own TV yeah, series for a while in sci fi, and then it had all this other stuff. He refuses to acknowledge the other expanded universe of it, and that he's just coming back to do this direct sequel to the thing. So this is the real stuff now. I feel that's kind of an asshole thing to do still. Yeah. And he's only coming back to it because it's a paycheck. Well, he lost all his money to Bernie Madoff. So yeah. And and it's a class and it's, it's a classic, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could become a cult classic. So all of a sudden he became, Oh, I need to like this because you know, foot loose and this are things I'm known for. Do you think he's ever going to feel that way about hollow man? <laughs> that's the other reason why he says he hates horror. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Hollow Man. He didn't have to. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No, Paul. Paul Verhoeven, man. He did some no, really Paul. great movies, and then he did Hollow Paul, Man. Paul, you're fired. You're, you're fired, Paul. I'm not defending Hollow Man. <laughs> I like the sequel, though. The sequel was all right. What? You know that straight-to-video one? Yeah, that one was pretty decent. Yeah. What does that say about the original Hollow Man? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the, the straight-to-DVD was rough. decent. It was oh, decent. Wow. But the but the it was so much better than the original, and that's one of the things I thought was funny. And that was with um, Rob Lowe, that right? Was with, no, 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 no. It was with um, oh no, oh, Ray Liotta. No, Star Trek. No, Star Trek. Jonathan Farkas. No. Farkas. Um, Christian Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater was Hollow Man. Oh, okay. It was supposed to go into theaters, but they pulled the plug and put it into theaters because of how bad Hollow Man did. And this one was a really quick follow-up to that. So. This was 2006 Hollow Man 2. Yeah. So that's six years. And, oh, six years. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. And Christian well, Slater. Well, it was filmed, it's, but it was... And it's Christian Slater before Christian Slater's resurgence. Yes. This is Christian Slater after Are You, Are you Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is after he did... He went so low that he got into one of those films. From Uva Bowl. Falls, yes. Yes. Who apparently is doing fantastic work with his restaurant in Vancouver. Yeah, he yeah, he is. That's what I've heard too. So good for him. He stopped making shitty movies and now he makes good steak. <laughs> <laughs> See, who says you can't fall upwards in the uh, film industry? So next on the <laughs> list. <we> have... <laughs> Speaking of devilly people. 
Yeah, we got Lucifer showrunner heading up the Navigator reboot. Now, this I'm if had it not been the team that's that's followed that's that's behind this, I would have been fully against this because the Navigator is one of those films that my kids have seen and they loved, and it was such a big part of my childhood. Uh, this is actually being followed up by the Henson Company. They're developing producing the film reboot, but it's being. Uh, it's being, let's see, they're being uh, written by showrunner Joe Henderson. Oh, it's been hired to pen the new take on the story of the 12-year-old boy abducted by UFO. But, now you're talking about Flight of the Navigator, correct? Yes, Flight of the Not Navigator. the Navigator. Yeah, sorry, Flight of the Navigator. My apologies. That movie sounds familiar. I was going to say, I, yes. I don't know what the what the Navigator was, but I've heard of Flight of the Navigator. The Navigator was something from 1924. Flight of the Navigator was from 1986. A little yes. bit of a difference. Just yeah, a tad. My, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> errors and omissions. But it's just, it. I, I'm excited with the team that's behind it. They just need to do a good job because this is a very touch-and-go thing. Now, you guys have all, go step aside from this, you guys have all seen the Punisher trailer, correct? I'm talking the second one, like the actual good one. I saw the first one where he talks to the camera. So this one shows a lot of action in it. Mm -hmm. And now, Faust, have you seen the trailer for The Punisher? Nope, let's go watch it. All right, now that you guys have had a chance to see it, what do you guys think? I mean, for me, one of the first things that rang out to me in this is, okay, the Defenders hasn't hasn't been doing as well as I thought. I think it's because they didn't include the Punisher. That's just my own personal opinion. But that's because you're a Care Bear. I'm not a Care Bear. I <laughs> love Frank Castle. Like I well, love the character. Whatever. Do you even love Thomas no. Jane Frank Castle? Thomas Jane Frank Castle was great, but not, but not as a true character. That like I liked him as I liked the film, but it was too soft. The actual Punisher War Zone was way more closer to the character that is actually Frank. But Castle. it was still a crappy movie. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't done him right in a movie. This looks done right. Like that's the thing about it, is is I've gotten past seeing him as Shane from The Walking Dead, and with especially with this preview, I see him full on Frank Castle. I see that you know. We Gotta to protect see... the Rick. No, no protecting the Rick. No, he bones the Rick's wife. Whoa! Spoilers, dude. <laughs> Come on, it's only been like nine years. That happened in the first, what, one, two seasons? I know, that's what I'm saying. First season. <laughs> first season. I even seen that, and I stopped watching before the end of the third season. But, you uh, gave up way sooner than I did. <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, what I liked first off about this is the is the music that's going on. You know, he's playing he's playing Metallica, you know? Yep. And I thought that was ridiculous. Play- <laughs> I thought, it, like, in a cute kind of way of like, here you go, my little five-year-old boy. Please play this extremely dark great amazing song but it's still weird that it's like a five-year-old playing it i used to listen to metallica to go to sleep every night when i was in middle school okay yeah but you're really like weird and twisted and probably very angry by the sounds of that (laughs) okay that does explain a few things (laughs) we're just gonna leave that one out of there (laughs) but the thing about about this trailer is everything hits like Everything to me. Like, I see this, and I think this is the Punisher we wanted. I am glad that they took their time. I, You know, I'm glad that now I'm okay that they pushed him into the Defenders, and they focused on this. Because <laughs> this looks... Th- this is what I feel is going to harness 
what Daredevil season one caught. I think that this is going to take that and it's going to surpass it. Now I have another, I have another thing because they said that they're not going to drop the date for this. So I have a theory when this is going to launch and I have a good reason why. I, I have to disagree with you on this. I don't think Marvel Netflix partnership will ever meet Daredevil season one standards again. If we have a chance, I feel that this is going to be it. Can you at least I, agree with me on that? No. Uh, I honestly don't think they can do it. I think the part that they focused on for season one of Daredevil was like how shocking it was. And I feel like that's what they're trying to recapture is that feeling of like, oh, oh, oh my God. Like, let's just shock you to the point where you think you're, right. you're watching a good show. And I think they're going to go too far. Um, like too much shock and awe, not enough story. I think it's going to be too much action, not enough story, and I think it's going to fail. I don't want it to. I really don't want I really, really, really want it to succeed. I think it's going to do well. I think it's going to be decent, actually. Uh, I think it's going to break Netflix. I think I think Faust is going to get called that, hey, my internet's not working. <laughs> well, can you go to this website? Yeah. Can you go to this website? Yeah. It's Netflix. <laughs> Luke Cage. Really? Oh. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I I liked Luke Cage, so I'm willing to understand that. I'm I liked the trailer. I liked what they were showing. Uh but I'm over I'm really over the time <laughs> the timing of the action to the song. I used to think that was really cool, and now I'm just seeing it so much that it's it's distracting. Like that's the only thing like trailer like editing wise I have against it. Otherwise, I think it's going to be decent. I think the action's going to be good. And I really like John Barenthal as an actor. Uh, I hated Shane, but we're supposed to. I loved him in Fury. Uh, he was great he in was Fury. He was so good in Fury. He was also, and he the was also good in uh, Wall Street. Or, not Wall Street. What are you thinking? The, I'm trying, not, not, there was uh, the Wolf of, the Wolf of, Wolf Wall, Street? of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Street. He was really good in that yeah. one. And yeah. then he was actually really good in The Accountant as well, which I think is an underrated movie just in general. But, you know, I we we do, too. Like, Accountant was amazing. Yeah, Accountant was great. Yeah. You know, so it's got a good actor. Uh, the action seems to be there, but I'm with Fouts and like, I hope it's not just shock and awe. And I hope that we get a real story because Frank Castle is such a tormented character. And I really want to see that, like, get explored. So here's a spoiler for you. Do you know how many episodes are in this season? I don't. I'm guessing eight. Thirteen. That's awesome. That's a surprise. They're going back to the 13 episode, huh? Okay. Now, here's the thing is that I think I know when this is going to launch because they're not saying that they're going to give the date that it's going to launch. My guess is that there's going to be a scene that involves Black Friday and that there's some type of hassle going on because he's going to be walking through and something happens. That's going to, it's going to be like a trigger, you know, something like that. I think this is going to launch on Black Friday. If they do that, I want the trailer to be him taking some woman's like stiletto heel and like jamming it into someone's neck. Because I just think that's the perfect weapon on Black Friday. I've used it myself many a times. Many a time. I got, I saw I got my TV. I stabbed someone with a stiletto heel. Alrighty then. It was your it was your stiletto here. No, I took it from someone, and I used my stiletto <laughs> knife to take it. 
So he was actually on the set of The Purge. <laughs> I was The Purge. Now, now here, here's one thing on this before we move on to something else. Do we think that we are going... We know that some characters obviously will show up. Do we think that we're going to get any other supers, uh, any of the defenders? Do we think any of the defenders will show up uh, to his aid? Because I, I feel like I feel like they almost need to, at least in the last episode, have Daredevil. For this to succeed, they need to leave everyone out. This needs to be strictly Punisher. That's it. No tie-in to anything else. Uh, well, Karen's this is there. basically going to be an origin story for Punisher. It, from the trailers, it's, it looks it's, like it's Karen's a, in there at one point, and he's Karen, yeah, Karen, Karen is a big. Karen is, she's yeah. a big part of it because she's, she's reporting on it. Yeah, she's reporting on him. Okay, so then this is uh, pre pre dare pre Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then yeah, then hopefully yeah, we can't we shouldn't be able to see anyone else in there then. You know. Oh, true. I just thought about the yeah, defenders. Okay, I get you. You know, I'm sure we'll hear something about the New York incident or whatever. Yeah. Because that's how I like to tie them together. All right. So coming from, you know, someone who kicks ass to another person who kicks ass, Liam Neeson is coming out of retirement from action films. Yeah, doesn't he have that new one coming out? He's speaking of the premiere of Mark Felt, uh, Theater Los Angeles. After Liam Neeson was asked about recent news that he was retiring from Action movies. Neeson laughingly dismissed the talk, saying, It's not true. Look at me. You're talking in the past tense. I'm going to be doing action movies until they bury me in the ground. I'm unretired. Well, that's cool. Yeah, he's got uh, two, let's see, one, two, three, four movies coming out soon. Two of them in post-production. One of them is completed, and another one is announced. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that when he talked about retirement and everything, he was still grieving about the loss of his wife and everything like that. And he was dealing with a lot of, uh, he's dealing with alcoholism and a lot of other stuff. Uh, you know, that same stuff, that same type of stuff that, you know, even uh, Ben Affleck was dealing with the Batman role. Mm-hmm. You know, he was dealing with alcoholism. He's dealing with stuff. You say a lot of things, you do a lot of things you don't mean to do because you're not, in the, your mind's in an altered state. Um, grief is one of the number one things that will change your state of mind and change who you are. Like it, it can, it, it's, it can be polarizing. So for that, granted, people will say, oh, it's been years, but you know, you've been married, you have children with somebody, you'd be married to them and have them be the love of your life and you lose them. You're going to be, you're going to be devastated for a long time. And no matter how good of an actor you are, eventually it's going to catch up to you. So the fact that he's unretiring, I love the fact, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of him forever. Like, you know, I loved him in Rob Roy. I love, like my favorite movie though of all time is Next of Kin with him him and patrick swayze amazing pairing they played great brothers and you know i just i love Liam Neeson's character in it he was in this movie uh came out a few years ago almost like almost 20 years ago it was pretty good uh episode one i think they called it and <laughs> it's i think liam neeson's in it and it's just it's just really great movie um he plays this dude with a with their laser with their laser like laser weapons. Yeah, and he's got this ponytail. And I just like Damn hippies. I don't think he's ever been able to top that performance. You know? And I don't know where I was going wasn't with there, that. Wasn't wasn't like what wasn't it like a wasn't like a prequel to train spotting? No, no, it was uh it was actually the third film in the train spotting uh duology. 
Oh, okay, yeah, because I know you and McGregor reprised his role. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, okay. Okay, right. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just being random. I and know. Mr. Nash is All just right. going along with it. Damn. So the fact is, is that we're, yeah, again, derailed. <laughs> so going back on to finish this up, and thoughts, I know your feelings on this matter, but... Cameron is talking, James Cameron actually is talking about Terminator 6, and it has a set date of being launched. <sighs> That's cool. Basically, yeah, and, and the thing is, the fact that James Cameron's coming back to it, we know Schwarzenegger is connected to it. Um, and it's, to me, you know, there this is potential, you know, the fact that they have, we have Terminator two coming out in 4k and they was able to go back and change some of the stuff up to fix it. He didn't go like a full on, uh, George Lucas and create random things that didn't need to be there. He actually just fixed things to make it look more true to like today's tech and whatnot. Um, but basically, Paramount Pictures, Skydance Media, which is James Cameron's uh, company, have announced that James Cameron produced, Tim Miller directed, Tim Miller, if you uh trying to know where he was from, think, dare, uh, not Daredevil, um, sorry about, about the language tonight, um, we're thinking, uh, oh god, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, Deadpool, oh my god, oh my god, it's late, um, he, he J, uh, Tim Miller was connected to Deadpool. He left that. He actually left that coming over. Well, here. he directed the first one, so he directed the first one, left the sequel, and came over to take on uh, Terminator. It's looking at a July twenty sixth release of twenty nineteen. Bouts. Mm. Okay, so first of all, they shouldn't have changed anything about Terminator two because that was gold. Second, this movie is ignoring everything after Terminator two. Yes. So technically, this is Terminator, Terminator Three. Three. I'm so yes. sick of red. Even though it's a six movie, I, but, I no. It's time. Do it's five other movies and ignore half of them, over half of them, and then make another one. But Schwarzenegger is reprising his role as a seventy-one year old as a seventy-one year old cyborg. Listen to me. I am tired. I am old. My batteries are running low. I have to be charged. Where is that stupid bunny? I loved that. That was was a good Schwarzenegger. My Schwarzenegger does not compare. He's been doing it for a long time. Schwarzenegger's been in retirement for a little bit, so it's good to have him back. Now, I liked liked all the fits. Damn you, James Cameron. I want to sleep. Like I liked I liked Genesis actually. I thought but I liked it for things I don't think were supposed to be the target of it. Like, like it being humor, over? Again. Like like well, the the humor part, the humor section. Oh, it was it, so I, lame and corny. But I like the fact of Schwarzenegger's character being that have you have have you was it have you bred yet or have you cop have you copulate anyway, have you made John Connor? <laughs> it's like Ugh. it was It's awful. I, I just, and the my biggest gripe with Genesis was the fact that they gave away like the uberly cool twist in the trailer. If they had kept that hidden, I would have been like, okay, this movie has some legs to stand on because it's like, who do you get to make a Terminator after all this point? All right, cool. Make it John Connor. That's pretty cool. Don't tell us in the trailer. It's yeah. And like I and I defend Terminator three 
I'm one of those people. I like the ending of Terminator Three. I liked I liked the ending. I liked the ending of Terminator. <laughs> like I thought 3. it was I good, and it. I thought it was a good end to the trilogy. They gotta stop, and James Cameron needs to stop talking about things because he need he. How long ago did he announce his friggin' Avatar world? And just now, it's finally, it's finally starting, and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna cost a billion dollars." It's like, who cares, dude? Like, if ugh. I, well, you didn't hear about you didn't hear about Cameron. his sequel, you, yeah. Except for he's doing the sequel to the Titanic. The ship is underwater. It he raised it. It's a it takes place in the future. It's a future freight. Like, it's just ghost trip. ship. James Cameron is remaking Ghost Ship, and he's calling it Titanic too. God damn it! I'm totally screwing with you guys. <laughs> I would believe it. <sighs> yeah, it, it honestly wouldn't with the way things have been going, but still. So, for that, we are long in the tooth tonight, guys. Uh, you want to take us out, man? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Where do we find all of us? Uh, Mr. Fouts, where do people find you? You can find me on the Twitter. My name is uh, at bfouts82. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'll be editing this podcast. Sorry about all the, uh, late episodes, because, uh, I, I've been stuck in that game called Destiny 2. It's about a bunch of space cowboys from the future, and they got a big giant ball in the middle of the planet, and, and some alien a-hole named Gary comes along and starts messing everything up. Sorry, I've been trying to save the world. Well, good job on that, man. I loved it. Damn, damn straight. You got some French fried potatoes and mustard, biscuits and mustard? I like them French fried mashed potatoes. Yeah. Put a little mustard on it. Some people call it a sling blade. I call it a guy's blade. <laughs> oh, Mr. Nash, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. Okay, nobody Mr. can understand you. You can, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damien Nash. And you can find me on Twitter at Paul Double R O M A N. And you can find the entireness of Geekologist Radio at Geekologist Radio uh, minus the T for character restrictions for the Twitter. You can find us on GeekologistRadio.com, NinjaPancakes.com, and you can email us at podcast at G at Geek. You can email us at podcasts at GeekologistRadio.com. Uh, so yeah, I'm Paul, and for episode 68, uh, we are out of here. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye-bye! 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 Bye-b